Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment of PressYZ, your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. We're the only Canadian gaming podcast that you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. EST, as well as on podcast services and YouTube every Thursday. My name is Alexander Kazina, and I'm joined today by the one and only illustrious AJ Fraser. Hey, hi, howdy. And the credibly incredible and totally credible Mr. Mitch George. Avengers is back! I was real concerned for a sec there. Real concerned for a sec there. I can't believe it's bad. I love it. I'm so happy. It's so good. I was real concerned for a second there that your mic was muted, Mitch, but that would appear to not be the case. (laughs) Yeah. Pause for effect, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get started, a reminder is always that we here at PressYZ stand against discrimination of any kind. While we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there's no better way to support us than by being excellent to each other. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping to get out of the way right off the bat. Uh, Nathan, uh, who is not joining us tonight but is very much still in our hearts, is going to be hosting a Fall Guys stream tomorrow at 9 p.m. EST. So if you enjoy the Fall Guys, if you enjoy just watching people fall down, ir- regardless and irrespective of the video game of the same name, be sure to tune into that. All right, well, let's get on right today with today's show. Um, typically on PressYZ, we typically tend to have some sort of uh, particular topic or subject or little game show that we tend to engage in for the laughs and chortles and guffaws. Today, though, we're pretty much going to be more or less talking about what we've been playing, which includes a little game that one Mr. Mitch George made sure to bring up right at the start of the show. That game being Marvel's Avengers by I'm, one Crystal I'm just, Dynamics. I'm just going to mute my mic. You guys go for it. Yeah, I'm definitely not playing it right now as we record this show because my controller died. And I don't know why. I got to figure that out. Um, were you were you like using like remote play on your phone? No, I was definitely. I thought it was plugged in. All right, I'm gonna figure this out. You start talking about what you liked about Avengers. I'm gonna figure this out. Yeah. So, man, where to begin? See, here's the problem, right? I've been gone from this show for a couple of weeks now. Uh, You know, one, because uh, the prior episode didn't happen, and then two, because the episode before that, uh, I was out and about celebrating my mother's birthday. Uh, And so I've really not had an opportunity on this show to kind of talk about my resurgence with this game. Uh, Long story short, uh, the Avengers, like, quadruple XP uh, weekend happened a little while ago. And it's like, you know what? I just beat Kingdom Hearts a Melody of Memories, or maybe it's Memory of Melody, whatever it is. Uh, and I'm looking for another good game to kind of grind in. And I saw, you know, Avengers PS4 sitting in my PS5's hard drive, and I figured, why not give this another go? And I don't know what it was, but that quadruple XP weekend, it was just a light switch. I started playing, and I couldn't stop playing. And I realized right then and there, oh, shit. The War for Wakanda DLC coming up in a couple of weeks from now. I, if I want to play this in its full glorious resolution on PlayStation 5, the only thing that I can do right now to ensure that my experience comes together there is to platinum this game as fast as possible so that I can pop that double plat on the PS5. Uh, and so, yeah, pretty much the entirety of the past two plus weeks since that quadruple XP weekend have been me 
grinding like hell in Marvel's Avengers. I was really concerned I wasn't going to get the 50 Hives trophy, which is the last big grindy trophy that you need to get to get that platinum. But I'm happy to report two days before War for Wakanda dropped, I managed to pop that plat. Uh, I transferred my save to PlayStation 5. I popped the double plat. And yeah, I jumped into the War for Wakanda DLC uh, just yesterday. Uh, and I'm happy to report that it too uh, is a good time. You know, a lot of people have been attributing, I think, a degree of savior status to this DLC. They've been wondering, you know, could this be the Taken King of Marvel's Avengers? Could this be the expansion that really kind of like solidifies everything that's good about the game? You know, irons out some of the yuckiness and, you know, really shows why this is a contender to uh, consider within the games as a service market. And, you know, time will tell whether that's what War for Wakanda ends up being. But I will say, at least for now, that uh, I think viewed on its own merits, it's a good, fun, four-hour story expansion set within Wakanda. I think its single greatest fault is that it is ultimately four and a half hours, which I know I know on this show, I am famous slash infamous for constantly, you know, praising games for being incredibly short and getting incredibly exasperated with games for being incredibly long. But this is one of those instances where I kind of wish that we'd had a little bit more time to let some of the characters and the world of Wakanda breathe here, because I feel like the the lore is very kind of rich and it's too bad that we didn't get a little bit more of it. But I'm interested to hear what you think, Mitch. I got my controller charging, so I've been playing this whole time while you were talking. Uh, I can't put it down. I okay. I'll, I will actually put it down so I can talk to you about this. But it's um, it's not a great game. It's a good game depending on what you're doing. Uh, and I've talked about this a lot. I it's, think specifically with with for me, it's like it's it's popcorn. This is a popcorn game for me. I've just put it on. I have fun picking a superhero and beating some get some bad guys up. And rinse and repeat, beat up the same bad guys to level up, level up gear, whatever the case might be. Um, I really enjoyed the War for Wakanda story content so much so that I streamed it before we started this because mm-hmm. I wanted to finish it, but I wanted to finish it on stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got like two missions from the end of it last night when I streamed it and then uh, finished it just before we started recording the show. Um, I enjoyed the story they told. I love the banter between T'Challa and cap and iron man because there is some contention there he isn't like super buddy buddy even though i mean he's in the avengers at this point like he's in the game so he's gonna be sticking around and part of the story content moving ahead uh which is one of my concerns about spider-man whenever that you know materializes and i know people the whole twitch chat for the war table on this game was like where's spider-man where's spider-man it's coming it'll be here eventually just relax it's coming it's contractually obligated to come out for this game. Um, but I, I, would, I worry um, how they're going to weave that character into the story if that character can only be on PlayStation. I uh, that's some of my so, favorite stuff about this game. I, I, I'm curious to get your perspective on this. Like, Do you think that when they introduce Spider-Man, it's going to be akin to something like uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy, where Lost Legacy was originally promised as being something like more akin to a more traditional DLC experience. It was meant to be a little bit smaller scale and then they kind of ballooned it up into this bigger thing. Or or do you think that what we're going to get with Spider-Man is going to be pretty small scale per what Crystal Dynamics originally promised? It kind of has to be. 
Um, I don't see it being a large integrated part of the game, similar like with what we got with Black Sorry, Panther. I'm just, and even I'm to smiling a lot with, because I love uh, that AJ has AJ's just given up and started playing period skate. on. Yeah, um, that's okay. Um, I don't think they can integrate him into the game the way the way they've done the other characters, just because without being able to tell that story across multiple consoles, there's there's no story to tell. So I'm kind of concerned that it's going to come out and kind of fall flat and people are going to get upset. But based on the way it was contractually obligated to be in the game, uh, there's not much else Crystal could do with it in this, uh, excuse me, in this situation. Uh, that being said, going back to War for Wakanda, it's definitely content that's worth playing. The story they tell is really good. Um, Christopher Judge, best known for playing Kratos in the 2017 God of War game, is absolutely phenomenal as T'Challa here. Um, I do see the game, like initially when this game was announced, like, no, these are our Avengers. They're different from what you would expect from the MCU. And I feel like at this point, like they're going to start doubling down on MCU references because mm -hmm. when I was playing through just some standard missions with T'Challa to level them up, every third line was like Wakanda forever. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't know about you, but I have bought with the in-game credits I've earned two of the MCU skins um, for like the end-game skins for Iron Man and for Cap. And mm. I'm very tempted to buy the Marvel's Avengers or like Marvel Studios Avengers skin for Captain America from like Avengers 1. Um, I feel like they're going to double down on that stuff because I feel like that's making them the most money in the game at this point is tie-ins to other stuff. Not necessarily them just putting in, hey, it's it's uh, Party Thor or it's um, Gladiator Hulk that doesn't quite tie into his look from Ragnarok. I think if the Gladiator, if it had been Hulk from Ragnarok, it would have made them a ton more money. For, um, for the record, I have not spent uh, any money on any of the in-game currency. I have like acquired some of the in-game currency normally by filling out some of the character cards but cards, i have not yeah. challenge cards correct uh but i have not like physically forked over not physically forked over digitally forked digitally over given crystal more your money yeah for me yeah. i have i've i haven't either i've just been playing through the challenge cards and i've used the proceeds from the six challenge cards that are in the game where you can earn uh i can't do the math but a lot of credits enough so that i've not had to pay for the challenge cards for hawkeye for kate bishop or for Black Panther, as well as, you know, investing in some of the premium suits that you can only get through the store. Um, so I've really, like, I found a way, like, the game is grindy. Like, there's no debating that this game is a grind if you want to get stuff like that. But at the same time, I don't hate the grind because I like the, <laughs> the mindlessness of just being a superhero and beating up on bad guys. And I mm. think that what they delivered here with War for Wakanda was interesting, uh, an interesting story. It does some different things with the with the Black Panther mythology, and I'm excited to see what they do more with Christopher Judge and the rest of the voice cast as we move into the future of Marvel's Avengers and whatever we're gonna get as like the big year two expansion and the year two characters. Because all we really know at this point is that Spider Man is coming eventually. Yeah. And outside of that, there's some there's some content planned, but the big thing for the fall was War for Wakanda. So. Mm. Yeah, I hear that if you enter the room of the, I forget his name, he's like the priest-like character within the uh, Wakandan Magic uh, Man. emissary. Yeah, if you enter into his room, there's a chance that the game will glitch out and he'll greet 
an Avenger that has not yet joined the cast. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. You, you go and look up some, I won't spoil who, but you can go out and look up some videos on Twitter of people accidentally triggering some interactions that they were not supposed to trigger. Um, I know what I'm doing right now. You know, earlier you mentioned this game being a lot like popcorn. I feel like that's a pretty apt analogy if you think of something like Destiny or Final Fantasy XIV being something like quiche, for example, where a quiche is like a pretty balanced uh, meal where you have greenery, you have eggs, you have salt and spices. It's, you know, not necessarily the healthiest thing for you, but it's also like decently nutritious and balanced in terms of its makeup. Something like popcorn is not very healthy for you and it's fairly kind of basic, but you can't deny the buttery salty goodness of popcorn. And in Avengers, the buttery saltiness is how good playing as the Avengers feels. I remember in the lead up to this game's release, it felt like there were so many op-eds and think pieces and YouTube videos of people being like, oh man, you know, Thor's not going to feel as good as uh, Kratos felt in God of War 2018 when his Leviathan axe that he could retract and throw at a moment's notice. And it's like, no, he doesn't feel as good as Kratos in God of War 2018, but honestly, he still feels pretty damn good, as do most of the other Avengers and as does um, uh, T'Challa himself. And I, me, like coming back to this game uh, during the double XP, uh, quadruple XP weekend, rather, uh, that's, I'd say, really kind of what made me fall in love with this game all over again. Yeah, and they've, they've kept the double XP after that weekend. So I think if you're right. thinking about hopping back into Marvel's Avengers, now is a great time, both with the Black Panther content and the fact they've made it easier to level up. A uh, friend of ours, Matt from Assemble, actually put up a really good uh, tutorial video on how to quickly level your Black Panther to 50. Um, there's one mission you can kind of repeat the first checkpoint of and earn, like, you can earn a level in, like, two runs of it, and each run takes about two, three minutes. So that's what I was cheesing at the end of my stream to uh, to continue to level up my T'Challa, so... There's definitely incentives to come back now and to play the game a little bit. But uh, AJ, you're playing something, and it's not uh, your face here talking to us about video games. So what's up? Correct. This that that is correct. Um, yeah, there we. Ah, it screwed up my camera. Oh, oh wow, man. he looks like death. That's cool. Yep. You're one of the creatures from Eco that you and yep. the girl have to avoid. That's me. Surprise. Uh, before we um, get into uh, the game that you were playing a little bit in the background, I do want to ask, yeah. and I know I figure that we've, I feel like we probably asked this question quite a few times on the show by now. Does our, did our extended conversation make you at all interested in the prospect of going and playing Marvel's <laughs> Adventures? Is it out on Game Pass? It should be. It, and even if it were, we wouldn't play with you because we're all playing on PlayStation. Yeah, no, they're stupid. But Cross-play yeah, should have been a thing me, in this game. Yeah, to me, like, even even the little bit that I played at the very beginning during, like, one of the betas uh, that they had last summer, um, I that to me seems like a very good Game Pass game. Like, you at the start of your... your t- you guys talking there mitch you mentioned um uh that it's like it's good but it's not like great yeah and i think that's the perfect place for something to go to game pass so that's just me though 
No, I, I right. feel like it will. I feel like it will eventually. Um, I feel like their marketing relationship with PlayStation kind of has to do its like play play itself out because it did come to PlayStation now. You could have played it on yeah. PlayStation now, but no, someone has to have Game Pass. More like PlayStation. No, I mean it works. It works well, yeah. especially on PS4 games. The problem is with that one, you can't get the PS5 version. The only thing I've ever played on PlayStation now was Tokyo Tokyo Jungle. Jungle. Yeah. Oh. I played a little bit of that, but that was like years ago. Uh and it worked surprisingly well. It just it didn't catch on until other people started doing it for some reason. Well, that, that also would have been cloud, not uh direct yeah, downloads. It would have been it would have been fully support. cloud too. Yeah. The only games I ever played on PlayStation Now were Alone in the Dark Inferno, the 2008 Alone in the Dark game, and Barbie and her sister's Puppy Rescue. Both for trophies, and I only I think I played Ratchet and Clank all Yuck. for one that way. But I never finished it, because I don't do that very often with yeah. games. I honestly have not like checked out PlayStation Now's library in quite some time. For all I know, there's actually a couple of games on there I might want to play, but just no real obligation, honestly. I've got a gi- I've got a gift card for I think it's three months that I'm gonna use, but I need to wait until uh, PS5 games come to the service because otherwise I don't see the point in it just being PS4 titles if I'm if mm. I'm paying for this thing every month. All right, That's AJ, fair. we he- held back long enough. Tell us yep. why Skate Period is the game that is one to play in this year of our Lord 2021. Yeah, so. Uh, just by the random chance, um, so, like, Skate 3 has been available on Game Pass for a while, while right? Yeah. Mm. Um, and I just never, I never got around to it. Um, but then, like, a, a week or two ago, um, they announced that, hey, um, the original Skate is gonna be on Game, available on Game Pass now. And I was just like... You know what? Yeah, why not? the The last time I had I've ever actually played Skate is specifically because um, on the 360 there were a shit ton of, of demos back back in those days, back in the good old days. Back um, in my played, day, back in my day, um, and the you know oh, I played man. the shit out of the original Skate demo. It you know it it was like really good. Um, Game itself also really good. Yeah, it's it's think of it like the Forza. Not not to Forza, like Tony Hawk's uh, Forza Horizon. Although I really want to play that game now, um, but it, it's it. You know, Tony Hawk is more like a burnout arcade style as opposed to a like a, a Forza Horizon arcade style. Where you know this is a, it's an actual simulator and. There's a lot of when you play a game that has a skateboard. If you played a lot of Tony Hawk, even growing up, there's a lot of muscle memory that you have to relearn because this game uses um, is almost exclusively to do tricks the the right stick, right? And you have to flick the stick in, in different directions in order to get it to the board to do a, a flip trick or something like that. And you use the triggers to grab, um, and the um, the X and A buttons uh, control uh, which foot is pushing. Um, and, you know, it. It can, This. Me wanting to play the original Skate also comes uh, hot off the heels of me 
getting moderately invested in the Olympic skateboarding that happened a, a that few cool. weeks ago. Yeah. Mm. Um, Rachel and I watched um, the uh, we 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 watched a lot of the the women's uh, skateboarding specifically. Um, just because you know it was it, it, it was just super cool to see women getting into a, a more male dominated sports these days. Like, yes, in like the the old Tony Hawk pro skater days, you know, we had like Alyssa Steamer and and, and uh, women like that. But like the fact that a a thirteen year old Japanese girl won yeah. a gold medal at that the Olympics cool. that that was fucking rad. That's like, one of those that things is... where. To, to just interject for a moment, like, you know, there yeah. there was a lot of controversy surrounding the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, a lot of calls, particularly within Japan, to see the Olympics postponed further or canceled. And it's moments like that where it's like, it, for all the problems with the Olympics, if it had been canceled outright, you would have never had an opportunity like that for something like that to happen. Like, exactly. that is a once in a lifetime thing that is real magical and special amidst all the problems with the event itself. Yeah, absolutely. And like it it's to the point where like a, a lot of my like 50% of my YouTube recommendations are are now video games and the other 50% are now like not only just Tony Hawk clips but like other skateboarders and like yeah. the the do a click that whatever channel it is that does do a kickflip right where they drive around LA yelling do a kickflip at people and then they give them merch um it's just yeah it's it's just one of those things it's kind of like reinvigorated um the idea of skateboarding like much like last year with Tony Hawk uh 1 and 2 uh re uh remake um did for nathan um this kind of like i actually i went to walmart and bought a whole bunch of tech decks of course uh, you just because well i don't want to kill myself and get a real skateboard um you're an adult you have adult responsibilities but you can spend I, money on tech decks I could, I could i could spend what was it like 20 bucks on a group of six different tech decks and yeah. two sets of trucks and a bunch of different wheel colors and hell yeah. So yeah, the, the, yeah, it, you know, on, on a, on a good year where the Olympics are not a controversy. Um, you know, a does, lot of people, does that ever, does just, it ever happen? Not, not in the same, same <laughs> yeah, amount. I mean, you want to talk yeah. about Olympic controversy, just, you know, go look at whatever the hell flag Russia plays under now, because they can't be they they're Russia. not allowed to be to to compete as Russia. It is something else because of that whole doping scandal from yeah. a few Olympics ago. Um, but you know, the the Olympics can do some pretty cool things, and the fact that they've allowed now. Um, uh, skateboarding um because it was in japan uh this was the i think one of the only years that there's ever going to be baseball olympic baseball um because japan loves baseball um yeah. but also there was like surfing and shit um and so you know that i don't know it it, it was it, it was an inspired choice to to down and like a perfect uh i don't know perfect storm of, of yeah perfect yeah like a perfect storm of just things uh 
happening in the world to get me to download Skate again and just sort of give it a go. Finally, after all, Game Pass, it's great. Just because it doesn't have Marvel's Avengers doesn't mean you can't. You have to give it a hard time, right? It's got some good yeah. games in there too. Yeah, debatable. <laughs> no, uh, and th- and it's interesting too that they're doing this now with this game as opposed to holding some of this buzz for whenever it is that they uh, they end up releasing the new skate, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Because like that's been a, that's also been like a meme for years now at this point. You know, yeah. just commenting on anything EA puts out and just skate four skate four skate four it's like yeah, yeah now it's gonna what? be update on skate four update on skate four update on skate four yeah, exactly um it yeah it skateboarding's cool hell yeah it's really great cool. skateboarding's not a crime nope. or is it uh it depends on uh what you're doing i know my my elementary school had to when they they rebuilt the school when i was in like seventh grade um, and they had to install like those skate guards on all the rails out in front of the school because they were worried all the hooligans were going to come and skateboard on their brand new uh, garden and stuff. It was uh, it was a thing. Ugh. Jerks. I mean, I don't skateboard. I can barely balance. I don't even know how to ride a bike. So, <laughs> uh, I want to go ahead and I want to uh, just take a quick second to mention that. Uh, since last time we all podcasted together, I managed to complete Halo 2. It's been, it's been so long since I beat that game that it feels like a millennia ago. It feels like I've already talked about it on the show, but I don't believe I did formally talk about it on the show. Uh, long story short, I mean, I enjoyed that game tremendously more than the first Halo. I thought it was a tremendous step up and I thought every single level managed to do something that you know, didn't make me out loud go, wow, that's amazing. But internally made me go, wow, that was pretty good. Uh, I, you know, honestly, like I would not necessarily rank the game on my top, you know, 10, 20, 30 games of all time list. And honestly, I probably never will. Cause I think it is one of those things where I feel like I had to be there in the moment, but playing through it from front to back, I definitely, could understand the kind of fervor that people had for the game leading up to release and at the time of its release. And I thought it was like, I feel like nowadays it's like video games where you're presented with a bait and switch and you're, you know, thrust into the role of a character that you, you know, wouldn't expect to play as are, you know, somewhat commonplace. You know, you look at something like the last of us part two, for example, but I feel like back in the day, like, making it so that you not only play as half of Halo 2's campaign as Arbiter, but literally the last level of the game and the final boss is fought through as Arbiter as well. That was a pretty bold and inspired choice, and I feel like they, you know, a few small tiny little glitches aside, which I caught on stream, uh, was executed really well. Yeah, yeah. Halo Halo 2 was my very first midnight release um, I know we spoke about midnight releases on a, a previous uh, episode of the show. Um, and, you know, it fucking it released on a school night and I got all the way up to the the uh, the main scarab fight um, at the beginning there um, before I was yelled at from upstairs to to get to bed because it's a school night and I 
you know, wasn't going to be able to take the day off. But I want to I want to key off that for a second because I just put in my vacation request at work for the rest of the year. Are we living now in the golden age where we can just kind of take the time off that we want to play video games? Oh hell yeah! Because I, I had extra I, days. I'm like Pokemon's coming out November nineteenth. Sure shit, I'm fucking, taking that day off and streaming it all goddamn day. I've got like a week left of vacation this year, um, and if I don't use it for whatever like medical reasons that I might need or something like that. Like I've, you know, there's nothing, nothing else happening this year. We're still in a pandemic. I fully intend to, uh, try and use that for halo infinite when that comes out. So yeah, I, I definitely had, I had like almost just under two weeks and I'm just like, all right, going to take some time with the holidays, some time around our planned wedding reception. If that even happens this year, who knows? Um, and then I'm like, all right, I got some extra days. I'm like, all right, I'll take a Friday here, a Friday there. Oh yeah. Pokemon. Let's just take a day off for Pokemon because who doesn't want to just sit there and play Pokemon from. Yeah. I'm probably, I'm probably going to play it from midnight until I beat the game, to be honest, because why not? Yeah. I'm an adult. I make adult decisions and sometimes those are stupid ass decisions, but I'm still going to have a damn good time with it. If you're having fun, it's not a bad decision. Unless somebody's getting hurt. There you go. Halo 2. Halo 2. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to just say briefly, one thing I really appreciate about this game, particularly yep. uh, the further I went into it, is uh, how many levels uh, involve two or three factions all fighting each other all at once. Because yeah. as somebody that's not... Uh, who, who I would consider to be pretty good at shooters, but maybe not amazing at Halo... Uh, I appreciated uh, being thrust into combat scenarios where I could kind of choose how much I wanted to engage in them. You could uh, you could sit back and then let let, let them, them take each other, each other out, thin right. each other out a bit, and, and then then do yeah. it from there. Or if I wanted to be a commando, I could you know play a more active role in the battle. And yeah. there were definitely a few yeah there were definitely a few instances towards the end of the game where I'm like I'm not like. I'm not trying to be disrespectful towards what Bungie did with this game, but I do kind of want to move on and get to the next big set piece slash cutscene, And I appreciate that. I can kind of just skirt around the flood and the covenant in this section. I mean, that's kind of what's interesting about the halo series is that it's one of the few like non-linear linear, but linear with choice. It's hard Mm, to really put a word to it, but like it yeah. gives you the ability to play the game the way you want to and doesn't force you down one scripted path. Even though it kind of does eventually. But I I, I quite like that because I I mean I've been playing through a bit of Halo 4 and uh a bit of Master Chief Collection with friends, which oh my god, did we have some fun times playing some custom games in Halo Region Master Chief Collection. But playing through Halo 4, running into some of these same instances of okay, multiple factions, and I can kind of chill or i can be sneaky or i can go in and get myself killed which is how i play halo because i die a lot um Mm. but it's it's great being given that player agency i think it's something that halo does really well absolutely Mm. on the subject of halo aj you've also been playing a very Halo inspired game that I know Nathan has also been up to quite a bit recently by the name of Splitgate. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch, have you given this a shot yet? I've got it downloaded. No. Um, I was talking to Alex earlier about it, and he really wants to play with people. I'm just like, yeah, you tell me when I'm in. Like, he has been big into it. Games. 
yeah. yeah he he has been big big into it um and you know the first the first day i tried you know i i wasn't necessarily that big into it um you know because i was just like yeah you know pe- so the comparison people make is it's halo, halo with Portal. portals yeah. right which yeah that's exactly kind of what they're going for right but me being a big halo fan it doesn't feel that much like halo so i wasn't that into it at first right but then kind right. of the more i was i've been playing like the more i'm kind of seeing that like the the similarities in that regard and the more i'm kind of like f- really feeling it um uh but also <laughs> Uh, at, at the more I play, the higher my rank gets, um, e- even in casual matches. Um, and the, uh, unfortunately, as you can see by this clip on the screen, teabagging, you can still do that very well. And that's oh, as, I as thought you should, your, especially when you win. I thought your capture card was jittering out. Was yep. yeah. well, that, internally yeah, being very generous too. towards you. I think the worst thing Halo yeah. ever introduced to the gaming community was teabagging. Disagree. I think it's great. It's good fun. Um, but no, it, the, the very first day that, that I was playing it, um, people were just playing it as a shooter and I felt like I, I knew the secret and that, that secret was we need to use, we need to, I need to put a portal behind these guys and, uh, start shooting them from behind through the portal and so that's kind of exactly what I started doing, um, uh, and and I was I at one point I had like an eighteen uh, to kill death ratio, um, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, the the one of the key mechanics in terms of the uh, the portals uh, specifically is um, you can see through your own portal, but you can't see through anybody else's portal. Whether it, you can see if there is a teammate's portal, um, because that'll be a specific color, and the enemy portals will be uh, a red, red color. Um, if if an enemy is standing on the opposite side of a portal, um, then that portal starts flashing. You can't see through it, but you can shoot through it, um, and you can absolutely uh, take people out that way. Um, yeah, it adds a really good, interesting, and unique level of strategy that people aren't always prepared for. Um, although the more the more that I play recently, they're getting way too smart to uh, for their own good uh, when it comes to the portals and you know. So what I'm hearing is that my time to be any good at this game is passing, and I shouldn't even give it a chance. No, I'm saying you need to play it right now. <laughs> All right. Fuck Avengers, play play Splitgate until Halo Infinite comes out. Because in this clip so right here, I'm good. about to kill wipe the entire team with the oddball. It's literally called oddball, just like uh, in Halo. And I got four kills in a row. They just came around the corner. I just beat down, beat down, beat down, beat down. I got to say, like, these uh, Splitgate clips and the... Um what is it, the uh, skate period clips from earlier are the goofus and gallant <laughs> of yeah. clips that we've shown off on this channel because those skate clips, you were just getting into all sorts of foibles and troubles and these split oh, yeah. gate clips, you're really dominating the competition. It de- Yeah, it depends on, on the situation. Um, but yeah, like with skate specifically, what I tend to <laughs> do is when I... Uh, 
I very rarely do, in skate do I do I pull off a really good maneuver uh, and do good tricks uh, because it is a simulator and it's very tough. Um, and so when I if I if I fuck up real good and, and fall uh, fall down, um, I will absolutely record that. Um, you know, there, there there's something about the um, uh, what is it the slapstick like uh nature of skateboarding where some the jackass nature of it right where yeah. you're just gonna fall off a board or something and and that's more interesting whereas in splitgate you know you want to oh you got you got a pretty sweet double kill like jumping through a portal and get get to one side you took somebody out you jump back through you put the portal somewhere else and you jump through again and get you know, it cre it creates a super cool dynamic uh, in Splitgate that um, I'm I'm really surprised it just didn't happen earlier. To be mm. honest, it, to that point, I was talking with you a little bit uh, about this before the show. Like, Portal meets Halo is one of those video game concepts that you would expect would have already been conceived at some point in the future that AJ, as you were describing it, like this sounds like something that somebody would have made in a mod uh, that they would have like published this scene at some point in the past yeah. that would have gotten written up on Kotaku and would have gotten some eyes on it and then would have gone nowhere. And it's cool that, you know, this game is real, that this game is being played by a ton of people and that it really seems like it has legs and has quite a future ahead of it. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I do think it looks kind of ugly, but it seems to be like it's a a small team or whatever who, you know, put everything they had into it. Um, like from like the the main menu and everything, like it doesn't look good. It feels mm. it, it it looks from the menu perspective, it looks free to play. Uh, they're not necessarily shoving you know buy buy the buy the the pay currency coins buy buy them buy the buy they're not doing like shoving those down your throat necessarily but they are you know they they are there and it it definitely feels it feels free to play in that regard but once you get playing it feels like something special hmm. so cool 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 uh mitch sir uh I'd been meant to bring this up earlier, but I feel like we kind of got kind of strung along from conversation from conversation, talking about Marvel, talking about Skate period, talking about Kingdom Hearts, Halo, Splitgate. Uh, and so I want to give you the opportunity now to talk a little bit about yourself, Disney Plus, and us. Oh, yeah, yeah. So announced this week, uh, I've been a guest on Disney Plus Us a few times now, I think. We did Iron Man, we did Imagineering Story, we did Luca, and we did uh, Black Widow, or the four. And uh, Griffin was nice enough to say, hey, having someone else here would really help. And I said, yeah, let's do it. So uh, starting this week, I'm officially his new co-host over on Disney Plus Us. Uh, we put out two new episodes on Tuesday. One, our uh, review of uh, Disney Walt Disney Studios' Jungle Cruise, which is spoiler-free up to a point. Uh, so give the movie a watch, then give that a listen, as well as we're going... So that comes out every other week. We have a guest on. We talk for a couple of hours about any, any and everything, 
pick a thing from Disney Plus, watch it, talk about it. It's a good time. Uh, and we're also going to be doing shorter weekly content uh, starting this week with uh, Marvel Studios' What If. So the first episode of Disney Plus Us focusing on the Captain Carter episode came out on Tuesday. And look forward to seeing this week's episode on uh, T'Challa becoming Star-Lord probably Thursday, a.k.a. tomorrow if you're watching this live. Uh, so do go check that out anywhere you do listen to your podcast. We really do appreciate it. And I'm grateful that Griffin's happy to have me on and talk about Disney because I have another Disney rant to go on if you're ready for it. Do it. I mean, I was okay. going to say, at the end of the day, you're still obviously totally free to talk as much about everything coming to Disney Plus on oh, this that's podcast. The plan. Uh, but I am also at the same time happy that you found a place on this show because obviously this is a show that I think we can all agree seems very much tailor made for you. So. Uh, congratulations on that. Uh, with that out of the way, go ahead. Disney Parks, roughly when we went live, announced that they are discontinuing the Fast Pass program at Walt Disney World and the whatever it's called in California and replacing it with a paid service, which is going to be called Genie Plus using the likeness of Robin Williams Genie from the 1992 movie Aladdin. And I am not about this. It is $15 a day now to do fast passes in either California or Walt Disney World Resort, whereas before in Disney World, it was included for free. And uh, at land, I don't know what, the, what, what was going on there, but I'm pissed because this was something that was part of the magic of going to Disney, of picking these rides ahead of time, not having to worry about the lines or any of that. And now you're paying $15 a day per person to pre-register for attractions. And there aren't there are some attractions that won't even be in that. And you can pay an extra premium on top of that to ride attractions that are like their premium ones. And it, I just, I'm pissed because Disney everything, parks are losing their magic and I don't like it. And it's everything is a subscription service. It's all shitting on the grave of Robin Williams, which is not cool. This is everything yeah. he didn't want his character being used for in the parks. Yeah. <sighs> Rant over. That took a, a darker turn than I was expecting, to be honest. You didn't expect me to mention the memory of Robin Williams? Well, no, it's just like, obviously, Mitch, you know, you've been critical many a times on the show in the past about things that are yucking your yum. But I, I thought in relation to Disney Plus that you'd have uh, nothing but, you know, glowing superlatives to say. I hope that I pronounced that last word right, by the way. It was pretty good. Uh, I have nothing against Disney Disney Plus. I think Disney Plus is a fantastic service, and I think it's probably the best value in streaming right now, just in terms of the quality of original content we're, content that we're getting. I'm kind of disappointed that they're foregoing continuing with Disney Plus Premier Access for titles, because I know there's going to be a lot of people that won't feel comfortable going to see Shang-Chi in theaters when that comes out beginning of September. That being said, mm -hmm. I got my tickets for IMAX, and I'm really excited to go and see that. Um but this one kind of really ruffles my feathers because it was part like I just I remember back to the to planning the trip that I went on to get engaged to my now wife. And it was we were camping one weekend for a friend's birthday and we had to drive into the town. And this is going to be the most Canadian thing. Ever, we had to drive into town from the campsite to go to Tim Hortons because we needed stable Wi-Fi to go in and make our, our was it 60 days out? You get to reserve your ride times and it's just included if you're staying at the resorts on the on the property and now that's going to be a only a paid service like most other honestly most other theme parks do it that way but it just it was part of what made disney parks different 
specifically Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando. And it's something important to me because it's part of how I got engaged to my wife. So I'm just kind of pissed that they're kind of taking what the parks were lauded for and kind of throwing it out with the bathwater. But Disney Plus, still the best deal in streaming. All right. In summary. Cool. Uh, jumping off of that, <laughs> I made it sound like I have a great transition here, but I really don't have a great transition. Do you want to talk a little bit about Hades? Sure. Um, Hades is a game. Again, I was stable. in my head. I was trying to think like, what's a good way I can connect Disney plus and Hades. And I mean, you know, technically we got Disney's Hercules, Hercules which does, you know, deal with uh, Greek mythology a little bit, but stylistically, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you the way you should have. I'll give you the way you should have connected it. All right, go for it. There, the first it. episode I ever missed of this show, uh, and there's been more since, obviously, uh, was the week I got engaged or the week I got married. Um, right. And I spent that Wednesday evening sitting on a couch at the resort we were staying at playing Hades because Hades came out the week I got married. So that's, that would have been your tie in is engagement to marriage with Hades. But um, yeah, Hades. I, so I don't, it, uh, for the record, I don't think I could have known about that factoid, to be honest, unless I'm you pretty talked sure about I it brought on this it up, But Yeah, it's been sure a while. It, but that's, uh, that's a deep cut. It's yeah. definitely a deep cut. Um, so I played a bunch of Hades on the Switch, but I felt like the game was kind of limited by the hardware. So when it was announced as coming to Xbox Game Pass, I figured, okay, this is going to be a great opportunity to pick it back up, jump back into this game, start from scratch, and really build my hero the way that I want to in terms of like the perks that I'm giving them between runs and improving the character through dying a lot. And as good as it was on the switch, it's even better at the, on the Xbox series X it's buttery smooth. I was streaming it the other night and on the switch, I'd finish a room. I, you know, put the controller down or the handheld, however I was playing it, take a sip of water, check Twitter real quick and then pick it back up when the room ro- loaded. And I kept doing this thing where I was going to take a sip of water between rooms and I didn't even have time to grab my cup before the next room had loaded. So I'm like, I, I need a break to take water so I can talk. Like it was, uh, it, it's amazing how well this game runs on the Xbox. It's buttery smooth. I haven't noticed any, any slowdowns, nothing like that. It's, it's as good as you expect it to be. If you have not played Hades anywhere up to this point, because I think up to this point it was only available on the Epic Game Store and on the Nintendo Switch. Definitely give it a look on PlayStation or Xbox, especially with it being included with Xbox Game Pass. I kind of had the same uh, load time issue with uh, Marvel's Avengers, where on PlayStation 4, load times took a real long time. And that actually was something that I started to relish in because I would use it as an opportunity to check my phone, do a little bit of Japanese lesson, you know, something or other. And then when I upgraded to PlayStation 5, the load times are, I don't want to say non-existent, but they're way faster, which kind of took away that pleasure of the experience. The fact that they had to build in a button to skip uh, loads, like loading screens, which you can do yeah. on the next-gen version, is just indicative of how well they crafted that next-gen experience. And honestly, probably should have been the only version that launched you're asking me yeah yeah probably yeah just because it can run on the switch doesn't necessarily mean it should you know like look at things like doom eternal and and all that right like the yeah they worked but are they i mean for somebody who might only have the switch out there uh you know 
because video game consoles are are a very expensive purchase, especially um, especially uh, with all the new ones that just came out and everything. Like if the Switch is your only thing, then yeah, you know. Oh, absolutely, play it's it. It's a it's a great place to play it, especially a great game like that. But like sometimes, sometimes you you gotta wonder like, well, no, really, think, like you gotta think, what if? What if it what were if? on a different console? What if T'Challa was Star Lord? What if Nintendo what if put Nintendo... out hardware that was half decent? Yeah, but or kept what up if with Nintendo put out the Pro model instead of a just an OLED model, right? That being said, that OLED model is pretty. It's pretty. Pretty, pretty expensive. Ayo. <laughs> Got him. Got him indeed. <sighs> All right. Well, with that out of the way, last major thing that I wanted to touch on this podcast is that earlier today, uh, myself and Mitch, we both participated in another stream on this year, twitch.tv slash pressyz channel, and also on twitch.tv slash Mr. Mitch George, uh, which was us reacting to the Pokemon Presents presentation, which happened at the ungodly hour of 9 a.m. EST. It was uh, perfect. What are you talking about? That was yeah, a great actually, time for that thing to happen. Yeah, if you, if you go back and watch the stream, we're actually pretty okay with it because we both were fully rested and not at all complaining about how early in the morning it was. Absolutely I mean, not. <laughs> I'm at a point now. It is it is nine o'clock EST on the dot right now. I have been on camera or on a computer with work for twelve hours. When that includes three streams and will include two podcasts because I got to record uh, that episode of Disney Plus Us after this show. Um, it's been a long day, but I'm glad that it started out with Pokemon. It's been a long day. No. I don't want to get claimed. Sorry. Yeah. This uh, three you seconds, know, the thing you're probably all right. The yeah. thing about this presentation is that there were no, you know, particularly. Uh, major megaton announcements, but it was still a good, fun presentation with uh, good updates to uh, games that desperately were in need of updates. Uh, none the least of which were updates to Pokemon Shining Diamond and Brilliant Pearl. Did I get those right? Is it Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, or it's is it the Brilliant reverse? Diamond Shining Pearl? You got them backwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I will say as I was saying we- them. We did get some bombshell announcements because the goodest boy in Pokemon history, Growlithe, is getting a new form in uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which, let's go! That's right. So much so that AJ actually commented on it, which is a rarity. Yeah. I, um... Pokemon Legends Arceus is... Just by, like, the trailer that they they released today, um, Pokemon Breath of the Wild, like... I've always wanted like even before breath of the wild was a thing. This is kind of like the game I've been dreaming of since, you know, I was a a kid. I wanted, I wanted this kind of like, of course, back, back when I was, uh, when Pokemon was like, like first came out and everything, I didn't know how technology worked. I wanted a game like this to be playable on my N64. Like this is kind of what I envisioned, something like stadium should be and then when gamecube came out and they brought out you know coliseum and you know xd gale of darkness or whatever it's like it's not the same because it's not the wild pokemon it's oh you're you, you got to catch trainer pokemon and and purify them and and just mm. like it's not that's not it 
and now they're finally kind of doing it. What what I'm really curious uh, about is I want to know like the Pokedex, what the Pokedex is going to be going into it because we know it's just going to be um, like a, a good mixture of all the previous generations. But like, is it going to be all of them eventually? We'll see. This game, I wouldn't expect it. I feel like this I wouldn't is them, expect it either. I feel like this is them experimenting with more modern action RPG tropes of you know the the turn system of using the different styles to either speed up or slow down your attacks and having benefits and cost benefits to using the different move styles, uh, as well as like the real time sneaky sneaks on the Pokemon to throw Pokeballs at them, or like, you have the choice. You, this again, this is going back to the conversation about Halo earlier. Player choice is huge. And for yeah. decades, Pokemon has had a very specific formula. Um, they did try to shake things up in the GameCube, like you were talking about with having, I mean, all their home console stuff has been a bit of a shakeup. And I feel like this is the Pokemon company's first like shakeup. On, like this is yeah. their console game for the switch sword and shield came out let's go came out let's go was a bit of an experiment sword and shield very much core pokemon it was their handheld release and now mm -hmm. they're trying something different with for console and if you haven't so we watched the the premiere on youtube and if you haven't go back and watch the trailer that they put up on youtube separate from the presentation because watching that at 1080 60 like everyone's like oh the graphics are like ho-hum and I agree. Some of the textures could use some work and I'm like, it's yeah. never been, it definitely Company's needs a good pass. Suit. It definitely could use a good pass with like speed tree or something, make it look a little more natural and not hand placed. But that being said, I actually like the hand placed nature of it. Cause it, they're not going for a realistic art style, right? It's, it's Pokemon. Yeah. So it doesn't need to look like a yeah. real tree. Things, things are looking hand drawn. They have that almost like, uh, it, calligraphic, is a calligraphic a word? Uh, uh, it almost maybe. looks like calligraphy. Like, all, yeah. not quite to the level of Okami uh, from Capcom, where that was very heavily inspired by uh, calligraphy and its art style. But there are mm -hmm. hints of that here, which for me, it gives them a little more of a pass on some of the, the things that don't look all that, that sharp. That's just me nitpicking, right? Because yeah. it's just like the trees look, look like they've been hand-placed and like, there are, there are only as many trees as, like, the Switch can render, which, you know, to our previous comment, you know, what if a Nintendo put out a... What if Nintendo put out a... Like, there's no reason all those trees in a forest should be the exact same height and the exact same shape. No, right? that's it's that's just, very fair. That um, That's me. That's just me nitpicking, though. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll see right past that when I finally get to, like, sneak up on that really cute-looking Growlithe. I don't know if you saw, I shared in the Discord earlier what I what I think is inspiring this Growlithe because it's a ro fire rock type. So mm -hmm. Macargo and Colossal can go suck a lemon. Uh, this is the <laughs> new best fire rock boy. Um, it seems inspired by the um, like lion slash dog statues you would see outside sanctuaries in uh, Japan. Because yep. it does seem like this is, you know, taking a lot more inspiration from uh, Japanese culture and history as opposed to being like modern. So I think like those, those statues similarly to like, think the statues on the, the palace gates in Mulan, like the original animated Mulan, like mm. that kind of like dog statue. And I think that's what our Arcanine is going to end up looking like. And I can't wait to see it because you know that until like we, 
honestly, the biggest thing I was surprised by is that neither game got delayed. We're still getting oh, yeah. the remakes oh, yeah. in November. We're still getting Arceus in January, which is, and that game comes out two days before my birthday. So I am taking off the 28th and I'm going to play that all weekend. Carmen, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I love you, but it's what I want to do for my birthday. I'm going to play the crap out of that game. I'm going to have a blast because as someone who is such a fan of Pokemon, I can see, I, I look past some of the, like it's the Avengers argument. They're good games. Some of them are great, but I can see past the things that other people don't enjoy about them and just enjoy the core gameplay, the gameplay loop. Um, and from what I've seen of Arceus, that this new loop, it's like Pokemon meets what I enjoyed of Final Fantasy VII, honestly. So I'm I'm for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to this, um, you know, different formula for Pokemon. I, I hate that people are calling it the Breath of the Wild of Pokemon because that's not what this is it is it's a next it's well, a next step for pokemon hopefully but it's not it's not going to be the breath of the wild nothing we'll, is going to be the breath of the wild of pokemon because breath of the wild is a masterpiece we'll get into that uh, i just want to start off first by saying i've been a little bit silent over the course of the past few minutes because i was trying to find the specific like art style that you and aj were referencing earlier in talking about okami uh the art style in question is called uh, ukiyo e uh, particularly when you think about Okami, you think about a lot of these skyboxes in that game. I feel like that art style is especially present there. It's definitely a little bit more subtle in Pokemon Legends Arceus, but definitely when you kind of compare images like this or like the kind of uh, traditional like Japanese uh, waves image that we're all familiar with, you'll definitely see kind of the comparison. Um, to what you were saying, Mitch, about uh, you know this game not being Breath of the Wild 2, I think... This game will inevitably disappoint people at release. And I think what will disappoint them is the realization that this game is going to be definitely a lot more structured and linear than the likes of Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, once you got out of that initial kind of training area, really kind of let you go wherever it is that you want to go and do whatever it is that you wanted to do on your trek towards the inevitability that was Ganon's castle. Um, in this game, based on what we've seen in the trailer and what's been described there, it would seem as if where you're going to be able to go next and how far you're going to be able to travel is going to be very kind of restricted and regimented up until you'd imagine a point where you will be able to kind of go anywhere and do anything. But truthfully, like, I actually think that, first off, I have no problem with that. And I actually think that when, you know, all is said and done, I could actually end up liking this game way more than I enjoyed Breath of the Wild. And I think that the this kind of structured nature to it is actually what will make me enjoy the game a little bit more. I think that the open-endedness of Breath of the Wild, I think, left me feeling kind of paralyzed at times as to where it is that I need to go and what it is I need to do next. And I think that the more seemingly structured nature of this game is actually going to kind of motivate me to go out there and kind of complete tasks and progress through the game at more of a clip. I I actually feel like it's going to be like, I think there's going to be a lot of handholding towards the beginning of this game and it's going to teach you the mechanics, how the gameplay works and, and that sort of thing. But I, I think it's going to be a lot more open-ended than people are expecting, honestly. Yeah. Uh, to be I clear, like there's going, there's, there's going to be a core loop, but I think it's going to be pretty much like have at it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I fully expect that like, uh, eventually, like by 
see the problem with this game right is there, there are no gym leaders or at least none that we know of thus far so we can't really seems, use that it, as a point it of seems, comparison yeah it seems like your quest is to complete the pokedex and that's it yeah i'd have to imagine that like by the like equivalent of like where you would be in a mainline game of like the third or fourth gym leader you'll probably have more or less access to most of if not all of the map uh but you're you're probably correct that they are probably going to be a little bit more handholdy at the beginning just so that you're fully kind of comfortable with the nature of its world uh, i'm especially interested in kind of seeing what the mainline pokemon games take from this game's battle system they showed off how you have a like more combat focused style and a quick style. I know that they have official names that they went over in the trailer, but they are eluding me at the moment. Uh, and strong style and agile style. Correct. Um, I, I'm interested to see if the mainline games take cues from these because, you know, people have talked for a while now about the Pokemon series getting a fake slift about really kind of fundamentally reworking and rethinking its turn-based battle system. And it, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how much people take to this. Uh, and how much we could, see it applied going forward could could a, like a, a pokemon xcom work I mean, we've had a pokemon of... strategy game um, right yeah conquest like but like i mean yeah. like in the main line like no no i think i i think what we're what we might see at this point is kind of a branching you know philosophy when it comes to pokemon i think in the trailer today, they announced that competitive play, which is a big thing for the Pokemon company, competitive play is going to stay in Sword and Shield, that both uh, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, the remakes, and Arceus are going to get Pokemon Bank support eventually. I have a feeling we're going to see more of these like RPG-esque experiences that aren't quite the core games, but I think the core game, whatever the core game of the year is going to be... Um, not, I don't think we're going to get a core game next year. I think they're actually going to support these games for a while and we might get some DLC. Uh, and I think there was actually, there was, I think on the Legends website, there was a, a, a note saying that um, all information presented is not final. Our like, gameplay is not final. Uh, you may, there may be post game update or post launch updates to the game. Um. Mm. Which would lead me to believe that if they're going to update things post-game, then they might add more content post-game. Uh, or post-launch, that is. Um, and I think that the core Pokemon experience is very much ingrained and won't really change. Maybe they'll add the, like the turn order stuff. But I think by and large, they'll want to keep that, that very grounded in what it's been. And I experiment think, in I, this I, legends, these Legends games and get more of these in other regions. I think, yeah, in terms of, like, turn-based and stuff, I think if they wanted to kind of enhance just the turn-based combat, they could take a little bit more of a D&D &D route and, like, you're rolling for initiative and your speed stat, you know, depending on your roll... Um, will in, you know your your speed stat will increase it and whatever your role is it'll help boost it that way but there, so there's a chance that technically the faster Pokemon uh, it is actually has a slower initiative because of reaction time right that would be a in my opinion a, an interesting way to uh, kind of spruce that up a bit and make it a little more thoughtful 
in yeah. terms of strategy, right? So. Yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how these games are received. I, I think I'm going to really enjoy it. I can't see a world in which I don't enjoy either of these games that we're getting this fall. Um, we haven't really spoke about what they've announced for the remakes of Diamond and Pearl. They had a lot of really interesting stuff they revealed for that. Uh, as well as updates to other games. We got a release date for the mobile version of Pokemon Unite. We got announcements that Mama Swine and Sylveon are both coming to Pokemon Unite at some point. Uh, yeah. Sorry, the mobile release date being September 22nd. That sounds right. Boom. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> updates to Pokemon Masters EX, which I haven't really thought about since they renamed it to Pokemon Masters EX because people were tweeting out that because they changed the name, the hashtag to go along with the game is now Pokemon Master Sex. <laughs> So people were really up in arms about that on Twitter. That was a fun couple of days. Um, updates to Pokemon Cafe Mix, which I haven't played since launch. Uh, no Pokemon Sleep. Where's Pokemon Sleep? Pokemon Sleep is a dream. Yeah, we've been playing Pokemon Sleep all along. It's and, what has resided uh, then, in our hearts since the start of time. Yeah, and then yep. the, the remakes and Arceus kind of closed out the presentation. Um, I'm really excited for the Gen 4 remakes just because... There's, I was talking about this with Cozy earlier. Um, there's so many of the network features that I didn't really get to take full advantage of as a kid because I was a kid. Mm -hmm. it, online internet gameplay for systems was pretty nascent, especially for Nintendo. I had to go out yeah. buy a USB dongle to connect my Nintendo oh, DS I, to the internet. I think I still have that somewhere in my basement. I that, think it's that, at my parents' house. I don't know why connection. I have it. Yeah, I don't know why the hell I have it still. Or they have it, but yeah. it, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing things like really exploring the underground with people and using the union rooms to do dumb stuff. Uh, the Pokeball stickers are coming back to add effects to your Pokemon when they come out of the balls, which is great. Um, even just looking at this side by side with images from the initial trailer, they've definitely polished it up. It definitely looks a lot oh, nicer. Yeah. It's a lot less. Uh, it was very much in your face with color in that first one. Now it actually looks a lot more natural, the environments. Um, I love the the look of the battles now with seeing your character behind and the battle animations look really nice. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that with Legends Arceus when that comes out in the in the new year. Um, contests are back. There's a rhythm game in Pokemon now. So eat your heart out, Melody of Memory. Pokemon's got rhythm too. And you just had to take the cheap shot, didn't you? I mean, people take the cheap shot at me about Pokemon all the time. It's time I shot back. Uh, all this stuff, uh, I I've been uh, remaining silent for the past couple minutes. All this stuff, you know, honestly sounds really good, looks pretty good. I, I you know, I can't lie and claim that I'm frothing at the mouth to play this game. Uh, the uh, original Pokemon Diamond and Pearl games and Pokemon Platinum were games that at the time of their release, I didn't absolutely love, but I kind of came to love and look back on fondly uh, in retrospect over time. And I, I think I was just kind of expecting there to be a little bit more to these remakes other than just sort of revamping what we previously enjoyed. That being said, and, and I did say this also in the presentation as well, like 
at, at the very least, I was just I was hoping that these games would take all the kind of various little quality of life improvements and uh, just little things that Pokemon Sword and Shield did to make the experience of catching all the Pokemons feel that much more fluid and speedy. And you'd have to imagine that this game is going to provide that and then some. So on that basis, like I don't really have anything to complain about, but I also don't really have anything that I'm shouting for feel the need to shout from the roof about yeah i'm i'm reserving any criticisms for the game for when they come out because i know this game was probably in production well before pokemon sword and shield were released because they outsourced it to an external developer uh who they have worked with on the past is the developer behind pokemon home Mm. but i do think that with it being this developer's first foray into a pokemon rpg that what we're going to see is a very like it's not going to be a one-to-one remake it never was going to be but i think we're not going to see them taking those quality of life things that we saw in sword and shield and bringing them here because it's going to be harder for them to do that with it being their first uh first rodeo in the pokemon world with a full rpg i do hope that uh, and that was actually kind of why I was hoping there was going to be a delay so that they could take a lot more of that and implement it in the game. But with that being said, I still feel like these are going to come out, be a faithful remake and there's still going to be a ton of fun and will be a nice stopgap from November to January until I go and lose myself in Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm definitely going to play this game like no matter what happens, but I think this will be one of those instances where I'm going to read the reviews ahead of time and depending on how hot people are on the game, I'll either pick it up sooner or later. Uh, I've I do want to... both. Wow, both. Oh, yeah. Are the you... minute they were up on the eShop, I pre-ordered both. Are you the kind of guy that like alternates between the two, like plays one or the other? Do you beat one game and then start the other, or do you like... Oh, no, I meant like I pre-ordered one, one of the Gen 4 remakes, and then I pre-ordered Arceus. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. No, okay, my sister's going to get Pearl, so sense. I picked up Diamond, and then I pre-ordered Arceus as well. Makes perfect sense. Uh, I did want to mention earlier, you talked about, you know, not being able to experience a lot of the connectivity features in the original version of Diamond and Pearl. Uh, On the presentation, I talked a little bit about how, you know, I had the same experience. I had to go to a depener down the street from where I lived to connect to Wi-Fi to access things like the global trade station, which back in the day, AJ, allowed you to connect and trade with people over the Internet, uh, if you can believe such a concept. Um, what is that? I don't understand. Yeah, truly groundbreaking and innovative. Um, in addition to that, though, um, we did get the Nintendo like USB Wi-Fi dongle so I could connect to the internet with that as well. But we discovered, uh, unfortunately, after purchasing it, that it was not compatible with the version of Windows on my parents' computer. However, oh, no. it was compatible with the version of Windows on my grandparents' computer. And so we ended up installing it at their house. And there were more than a few instances for a couple of years where I would like take my DS or I would take my entire Wii over to their house and like hook it up to a TV there and download games from the virtual console or connect to the GTS. I'm pretty sure like the first game that I downloaded for the Wii from the virtual console was Paper Mario. And I'm pretty certain it was one of those instances where I just lugged the whole console to their house and waited like an hour because you know their wi-fi wasn't like super fast to begin with uh waited an hour for that n64 goodness to download Hmm. (sighs) just a little cozy anecdote 
to soothe the mended soul. Soothe the mended soul. That doesn't make sense. The soul's already mended in this case. The unsoothed Mend. Mend the fractured soul is what I should have said. Sure. Close enough. Yeah. Whew. Well, that was a lot of Pokemon talk. I do also want to mention very briefly that I did take part in Pokemon Go uh, Fest 2021. This was quite a few weeks ago now, by the way. It was probably around the same time that I beat Halo 2. Uh, it was fun, but it was disappointing because on the second day of GoFest, uh, Hoopa made sort of a cameo appearance. Uh, Hoopa being the genie Pokemon AJ that can conjure uh, golden rings that it can use to uh, transport Pokemon across time and space. And myself and many other people assumed that this was going to lead to a special mission where we could capture Hoopa, but uh, alas, Hoopa remains elusive, but for now. Certainly we'll be able to capture Hoopa at some point in the future. I mean, they announced today some of the stuff coming to Pokemon Go, and Hoopa was involved with that announcement, so right. I imagine it's so, coming sooner than you'd think. Hoopa is inevitable, much like Thanos. I mean, actually, I mean, you, you look at Hoopa, you look at Thanos, kind of a lot of similar motifs, right? You have characters that can, like, teleport across time and space they're like kind of purple and bluish colored they both have like a magical item that's gold what do you think no i i get the one sense was a genocidal really... maniac and the other one is an animated creature from a children's video game in the <laughs> in the movie the pokemon movie where hoopa appears he summons like 20 legendary pokemon including a shiny rayquaza to kill everyone though i mean that's kind of similar still small potatoes compared to thanos wiping out half the universe with a snap spoilers yeah. for avengers infinity war if you haven't seen that four years what? after it came out also yeah. you you have to expect this from me i will spoil things that are related to disney so go see them before i can spoil it for you yeah you now go. streaming get, get your disney tickets Plus. to shang chi if you're comfortable going to the theaters right now <laughs> All right uh, any other things that we wanted to bring up this evening before we wrap up the show I'm good to go. All right, then. Well, thank you to everybody for tuning in to Press YZ. If you enjoy this broadcast, be sure to follow us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at PressYZ and slide into our Discord at invite.gg slash to keep the conversation going. Uh, until next time, I'm going to thank you for playing and go ahead and give someone the big fat raid. Till next time. Not to call you out or anything, but you really stumbled over the end there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs>